Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, Secret Squad. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of I've Got a Secret. Today, we're talking about a topic that affects all of us, every one of us, the secret to forgiveness. Whether you're on the giving or receiving end of it, forgiveness can be a very tricky thing. To help me dive into the sensitive nuances of forgiveness, I have the wonderful, the unmatched Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt with me today. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. You're so welcome and thank you for coming. Um, Catherine is a New York Times bestselling author and has recently launched a brand new book titled The Gift of Forgiveness. And I have to tell you, this book, Catherine, like I just now just had full body chills just starting that <laughs> <Love> sentence that. <laughs> because I read it and I couldn't put it down. I started it and couldn't oh God, put it down until so I finished it. Thank I you. waited until the weekend when, you know, I didn't have my grandbabies. I wasn't grandma for the weekend and <laughs> Philip was busy and I sat down in the same room and I started the book and I, I honestly, I couldn't put it down because it's a very profound book on a very profound topic. Thank you. That's such a sweet thing to say. I'm so excited. Oh, well... I love You're that you welcome. couldn't put it down. That makes me so happy because yeah. I, I feel the same way, but I also am so close to it. So it's amazing to hear somebody who isn't so close to it feel the same way. Well, I have to tell you, I love books like yours. I love this. But I think also it's not only the way you have written it, but um, the topic is so important. And I'm sure you'll agree with me, but it's really sad sometimes that after while reading your book and afterwards, but if you just start thinking about the topic, it's really sad that there are people out there that can live their entire life in a bitter, sad, different way because they've chosen not to forgive someone. Yeah, I think that that speaks actually to so many people because what I've really realized while writing this book and working on it for two and a half years is that Forgiveness is such a complicated topic, and it's one that, as you said, we will all come face-to-face -face with at some point mm -hmm. in our lives, mm -hmm. and how we choose to embrace it or not embrace it is up to us, but it's also a learning experience, and it's also um, a topic that I don't think we speak enough about because mm -hmm. it is such a complicated one, and I didn't really know anything about it because you learn about it when you're kids uh -huh. and you're taught about it, how you, you know, deal with forgiveness on the playground. And as you get older, mm -hmm. it becomes much more complicated. Mm -hmm. And I found that I really struggled with it in my 20s, especially. And I was really interested in it because I felt myself walking around feeling, you know, anxious and nervous and upset about things that had happened in my past and realized that I had not really done the work Mm -hmm. to be able to live in a place of forgiveness. And so I wanted mm -hmm. to go back and do that. And that is really what I meant when I made that statement just now. It's sometimes so hard to identify your feelings because so many people have been raised and not taught 
anything about forgiveness, not taught how to identify that you need to forgive someone for something or how to forgive. It's very tricky to identify and then to take that next step on how to forgive. Catherine's book features interviews and stories of strong women and men who have learned to forgive even when it felt impossible. So, you know, I feel like all of the secret squad of listeners out there are going to learn so much today just with the two of us sitting here talking about this. I'm so thrilled because I have experienced at different ages, you know, I'm 66 now, so I feel like I have the credibility to to reach back in my lifetime and talk about so many times that I knew I needed to forgive, but I had to wait until I was, I guess, older and, and to learn really all about forgiveness and really, I guess, how easy it was, but I didn't know it. And I can remember times when I was struggling over emotions, just as you spoke about in your own childhood. I, I can remember struggling, thinking, you know, why can't I get past this? And right. um, why is this affecting me so much? Mm-hmm. And Or just what is bothering me? Not even being able to identify what it was that I was struggling with within. And what a relief. I can remember back when I was a teenager, when I really learned what it was I was struggling with, and it was that I needed to forgive. Mm -hmm. And it was such a blessing when it was my older sister that set me down and said, what is bothering you? It's almost as if your personality has changed. Oh, wow. I can actually remember what I said to my sister when she started talking to me about forgiveness and explaining that I really just needed to forgive my friend. And I said, oh, I can't do that because if I forgive her, it's like I'm telling her what she did was okay. Right. Yeah. I think that that just shows you how, and a lot of people believe that and Mm -hmm. feel that. And it shows you how, you know, again, how complicated forgiveness is because so many people, you mentioned earlier, people who live their lives, their entire lives or, you know, up to a certain age, not wanting to practice forgiveness and they walk around and they're angry and resentful. And, um, and it just shows you that there is a level, and this came up a lot in my process of writing my book, where people felt that if they practice forgiveness, that it was making it seem like it was okay uh-huh. what had been done to them. Or it also felt for a huge amount of people, like if they were to practice forgiveness, that it felt like a betrayal of their own hurt and pain. Uh-huh. Yes. And that if you, if I forgave someone or if I, you know, wanted to move on past whatever had happened, that it was as if the pain and the scars that, you know, were very real never existed. Mm -hmm. And so that was interesting to me as well, because I think that that actually holds a lot of people back from practicing forgiveness. And I think for me, when I was writing this book, what I really learned is that forgiveness isn't about another person. It isn't about, you know, anyone else. It's totally about yourself. And it's really a gift that you give yourself because you're giving yourself this freedom from whatever situation or whatever person in your life has hurt you and caused you pain and saying, I want to take my power back and free myself from carrying that around any longer. And when I shifted that, you know, perspective in my mind, it helped me tremendously in my own journey with forgiveness, just to better understand it in my life, the role that it plays in my life. 
and also how empowering mm. being able to forgive truly mm. is and not looking at it as a sign of weakness, which I oh, think a lot true. of people actually do, mm-hmm. um, and actually looking at it as a, as a sign of incredible strength and, um, and power in your mm-hmm. life. I love everything you just said. It's That was very empowering. And I love that we have the listeners now, having just heard those words, they can't help but feel empowered. And I'm sure they're, next, they're asking, and my next question to you is, what advice would you give, maybe from your own experience or from the many people that you talk to for your book? Mm-hmm. That's what... That's one of the many things I loved about the book is that you didn't just talk to one, two, or three. Right. You talked to so many. Tell me how many. Tell the listeners. So there are 22 people in the book, um, and that was important to me because I wanted to get a good group of people, men, women, from all different faith backgrounds, some with no faith, um, and who had a really good variety of different stories of practicing forgiveness. And, you know, we have you know, people who have been in relationships and, uh, you know, friendships that have experienced falling outs. We, I have people in there that, you know, experience betrayal in their marriage, people like Elizabeth Smart who were kidnapped and forgave their yes, captor. Yes. I have Pablo Escobar's son, Sebastian Marquin, who's dedicated his entire life to asking for forgiveness on behalf of his father. Mm. Um, so we, I have a great collection of people and it was important to me to have a good variety. Yes. And the reason that I chose to write this book in the format that it's in is because when I was struggling with forgiveness and, um, and I always consider myself to be a student of forgiveness, not mm-hmm. an expert. So I want to make that very clear. Oh. <laughs> but I found that I was trying to go and find uh, books and advice on how to help my helped me in my struggle with forgiveness. And I found that the most empowering and inspiring moments for me in my forgiveness journey were really just talking to other people about mm-hmm. their experiences I agree. and hearing how they had struggled and some people, how they were still struggling and other people who had practiced forgiveness and felt this incredible sense of freedom and what they had learned in that process. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what forgiveness means to you might be something completely different than what it means to me, and that's okay. Yes, yes. And so, that's what I was trying to get to yeah. just earlier. I would love for you to talk about that after speaking with so many of these beautiful people, the different ways that they chose to heal by forgiveness. How did they do that? Well, I think it's funny because every single person that I talk to about this book, and it, I think it just shows the, um, you know, us as as people, we want to know what are like the quick fixes on how Uh I practice forgiveness. And the reality is, is that because it's so unique to each and every one of us, there are no quick fixes on that. It's really, you know, it's the work of a lifetime. And um, I think number one most important thing is to be open to it because there are so many people, as you mentioned before, who are very closed off to the idea of being able to forgive or practice forgiveness in their mm-hmm. life because of, you know, how they grew up, what they view of it. Um, and so I think that, you know, being open to it and being open to, you know, it being a journey and it being a process, because you'll see in the book that there are some people I interviewed that forgave in an instant, and there are other people that it took 30 years, oh. some people months, weeks, and other people are still struggling with mm-hmm. it. So I think it just speaks to, you know, knowing that, uh, there is no right or wrong way mm-hmm. to practice forgiveness. There is only your way mm-hmm. and uh, and how you choose to handle that. I think you'll be able to be inspired by these mm-hmm. people's journeys in this book because 
they all chose to go about it in such different and unique ways that hopefully mm-hmm. one of them will resonate with you. I agree. I think that earlier when you said it, it's really not about the person mm-hmm. that has upset you, offended you, or however you describe it. It's really a gift you give yourself. I, I believe that 100%. I'm, I'm so happy that you said that because I believe that first you must identify what it is you're struggling with and get to that place that, well, it's so true. I, I'm still so upset. I'm still so mad. I'm still so angry, bothered by what, however you want to label it. Mm-hmm. But I believe you must first get to that place that you can label what it is you're experiencing and how you have truly allowed it to control you and define the person that you are every day in this life Mm -hmm. on this earth, that who you are when you wake up and walk through your day, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. You have the right to choose who you want to be and how you want to live your life. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to be angry and not forgive someone for the problems they've acted upon you or the issues that they've had you deal with because of them, that's your choice to live your life that way. And how you do that is truly up to you. Don't you agree? Do you believe? I do agree. I think it's obviously for so many people much easier said than done because I think, you know, it requires people to be very self-aware and also to be, again, open to forgiveness and also open to facing the feelings and the struggle and Mm -hmm. the pain Mm -hmm. and saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. That's right. Um, And so it it requires someone to be, to have a desire, to have a a need and an an urge to leave that heavy coat, as you're saying, behind and wanting to have freedom from that. And I was actually talking to one of the people in the book, Chris Williams, who was uh, hit by a drunk driver and lost Mm. his uh, pregnant wife and Mm. two of his children in his car. And he was talking to me because when I interviewed him, he talked to me about the moment where he sat in the car and looked over at his wife and looked in the rearview mirror at his two children, lifeless, and his other child who survived but was very seriously injured and said that he heard a voice and the voice told him to let it go. And so he decided in that moment to let it go. And I said to him, you know, it's such an incredible I, I can't believe it's just so inspiring, so amazing. And I think a lot of people are going to have a similar reaction to what I had, which is, how did you do that? Uh-huh. How did you not have anger about uh-huh. towards the person who took these lives from you yes. and caused this and, and hit your car? And he said to me, I have moments of anger. I have, you know, moments of sadness and, and rage. And I had a lot of them, and it's now been 13 years since the accident. But he said, I allow myself to feel all those feelings sometimes every day, sometimes once a month, sometimes a couple times a year. And I embrace those feelings. I allow myself to feel them. I identify them. And then I work to come back to a place of forgiveness. Mm. And he's now, you know, has a friendship and a relationship with the young man who hit his car, which is an incredible and it's oh, such an inspiring wow. thing. And I think that that also, you know, for me, I'll speak for myself as a as a student of forgiveness and as someone who's been able to practice forgiveness, but also I'm aware that I will struggle with forgiveness in my life. I allow myself to be gentle with myself when I f- have days where I might be upset about something from my past or I might be upset about a specific situation. 
And then I come back to my goal, which is to live from a place of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's an ongoing process. And I think for many people, you know, it's an ongoing process and Mm -hmm. it doesn't come as easily to some people. And that can be something that you get better at with age and with time. But for a lot of people, it can be an ongoing process. And I think that that makes it a more approachable topic because it's not saying that if you decide today that you're going to forgive someone, that that doesn't mean that you're never going to be upset at them again. Exactly. It doesn't mean that everything goes away. Mm -hmm. So now fresh slate, new person, new me, Yes, that's not what it means. It means that the anger and the rage you have for someone that you carry with you, it can be gone. It Mm -hmm. can be, you can let that go Mm -hmm. and now have a new way of coping Mm -hmm. with how you're feeling about your life. Yes. But well, I think he looked at it like, you know, wanting to live from a place of forgiveness because he would, and he says, he thinks of when he has moments of being angry, mm-hmm. he thinks of his his wife that he, you know, will see again yes, and his children. And he thinks if they were here, they wouldn't want me to feel that way. That's right. And they would want me to, you know, to forgive this person. And if I stay angry at this person, what good will that do me? And what good will that do them and the situation? And his act of forgiveness for the driver who, you know, hit his car has changed the course of not only his life, but both of their lives and now this friendship that they have. Oh, it was very hard to read. I will tell you that. It was very hard to read. And very beautiful. It, it's very life changing mm-hmm. just to read that story. If you don't think you have the ability to forgive, you do, mm-hmm. especially after you read his story. You know, I love quotes. I love sayings and Bible verses. I don't know. I, there's just something about. I'm always looking for them. And if something really touches me, I write it down on one of my cards at home, and and I collect them, and I go back through them all the time. And That's so um, great. I have one that I say all the time and tell others, but when I knew we were coming here today, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to say this one to all the listeners out there and to you, because for me, it describes exactly how I feel about forgiveness. And it is, I never knew how strong I was until I had to forgive someone who wasn't sorry and accept an apology that was never given. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful quote. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Let me ask you this. What would you tell the listeners and your readers about a first step they can take towards learning to forgive? I think the first place to be is open to it. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing would be, you know, to read this book and to truly, not because I wrote it, but to be able to read these people's stories or talk to people in your life about forgiveness. Just Mm -hmm. open the conversation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. around forgiveness. I agree. I I think that that's the most empowering thing you can do because hearing other people's experiences, other people's challenges, their struggles, their journeys with forgiveness really is what has helped me and what I think will help people in reading this book is that it's, you know— you read people's story like Scarlett Lewis, whose son was killed in Sandy Hook, and you hear the way she speaks about forgiving the young boy who took her son's life, and you cannot help but be inspired and moved Mm -hmm. by these people's stories. And so I think 
if you make a decision to want to forgive or become interested in forgiveness Mm -hmm. and you hear other people's stories and their journeys and just take them in, you don't have to do anything. There's Mm -hmm. no timetable on it. There's no one saying you need to hurry up and forgive. Mm -hmm. I think that's when it becomes tricky is when people Mm -hmm. say to you, you know, you need to hurry up and do this and forgive. I agree. And again, I think it's it's a journey and it's mm-hmm. the work of a lifetime. And That's for right. many of us, it's an ongoing process. Right. And so I think just to be open to it is the greatest gift you can give yourself. And then to choose where you're going to get inspiration and how you're going to do that. Again, it's so personal to every single you're person. You're so right. You're so right. Um, and I'm so glad you just said that because no one can tell you when to forgive someone mm-hmm. or how to forgive someone. Yes. It is a personal journey. It is a it's a personal experience. You cannot tell someone, now you just need to. I, I really, oh, it really bothers me when I hear someone tell someone else, well, you really need to do this. Like, mm-hmm. oh, but you certain things, that's up to the person. Yes. Some people have to take baby steps. Some people can just do something like maybe Very forgiveness quickly, yeah. right now. Just mm-hmm. like they just needed that information and they make that decision. But always remember that for others it's baby steps and yeah. they have to they have to think about it they have to pray about it they have to hear others they have to read your book it takes a book just like yours as a tool for opening their eyes and opening their ears and opening their heart mm-hmm. because your book will open everyone's heart everyone Thank you. and i hope you're all listening to me right now <laughs> if you read Catherine's book And I'm not sitting here trying to promote the book. I'm telling you from my heart, you read this book, it opens your heart. Thank you. And gives you the opportunity to consider living a life of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I think it's also interesting, just to go back to the quote that you said that I love, that most of us wait around and we sit there and we wait for the person to ask for forgiveness. That's right. And the most important thing and also empowering thing is also knowing that you don't need to wait for anybody to ask for forgiveness in order to practice forgiveness. And you see that with a lot of people in the book. Some chose to confront the person. Mm -hmm. Others chose to write an email and send it. Mm -hmm. Others chose to write an email and keep it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Just to do that work Mm -hmm. and writing things down often helps a lot of people. It's helped me tremendously. And you know, it's, again, really about you taking your power back and you taking your control and saying, you know, I, I want to live my life free from this and free from this person, this incident, this situation, and I want to take control of my life and live a freer life separate from that. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. That's, that's so true. That's so true. Take your power back. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you wait around for that person to come and say, I'm so sorry, you could live your entire life and never <laughs> hear it because <laughs> they they may one not never be sorry. Mm-hmm. Two, they may not have it in them to be sorry. Mm-hmm. They may this may be a person with absolutely no empathy, no integrity, whatever. The list could go on and on. So you're waiting for something that will never happen. And three, just as you said, you are you have given them your power. If you're gonna, if you're going to sit and wait for them to come and tell you, okay, I'm sorry. Now go live your life. Mm-hmm. How do you? How silly would you feel? Yeah. If you realized, well, I finally got the I'm sorry, but I don't really think they meant it, and they gave me permission to go live my life. Oh wow, 
they've been holding on to my power all this time. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're going and living their life. And that's right. And all this time they've been living their life and someone told them to apologize. So they, can't, they didn't mean it. I'm so silly. Like I gave them my power. Mm-hmm. So, so many reasons to take your power back, forgive them and move on and just continue to learn, continue to learn about, I love your phrase of living your life of forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And it will change. I think that's the most interesting thing to me is, Mm -hmm. you know, what it meant to me when I was younger is something completely different than what it means to me now. And especially as I, you know, talk about this book and Mm -hmm. and talk to more people and Mm -hmm. and learn more about other people's journeys, Mm -hmm. it's you know, forgiveness will constantly evolve, but it, you know, has an underlying theme of freedom being the biggest part of it. Do you think it's harder to forgive someone else or to ask someone else for forgiveness? I think both are incredibly challenging Mm -hmm. and both um, require uh, a huge amount of um, courage Mm -hmm. because if you go and ask for someone's forgiveness. Um, Ron Hall is in my book and I interviewed him because he had asked for forgiveness. And it was important to me again, to have a good collection and variety of different people's experiences Mm -hmm. with forgiveness and to have someone in there who had asked for forgiveness. And he um, was unfaithful to his wife and went to his wife and decided to be honest with her about it, fully convinced that she would not forgive him and tell him to leave. And she very clearly and calmly and kindly said that she would forgive him and that they would never talk about it again. And he refers to her forgiveness as Christ-like forgiveness Mm -hmm. because of how moving it was for him and how it changed his life and their life together. And you'll read in his story that it not only changed their lives, but she ended up um, having a dream and a vision of helping homeless people. And he helped her. And, and in turn, she's now passed away, but in turn, they have a huge, amazing center helping homeless people Aww. all over. And so I think that just shows you that one person's act of forgiveness changes so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. And had she not chosen to forgive him, none of that would have happened. None they would that. have, you know, ended their marriage and their work with homeless people would not have happened. And Mm -hmm. their story is really beautiful because they created a relationship with a specific Mm -hmm. uh, homeless individual who became a huge part of their life and spoke at her funeral. And it It is, it's a beautiful beautiful story. story. Yeah. Yes. Because um, think about, and I was thinking about that, this, when I read that story, Um, understandably, if she had said, no, I can't forgive you, Mm -hmm. but think of the anger and bitterness she would have lived with mm-hmm. had she not forgiven him. And think of the regret mm-hmm. he would have lived with, mm-hmm. profound regret, if she had said, no, I don't forgive you. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, it also brings up a point of some people, especially in relationships and in marriages, you know, when someone does choose to leave a relationship or a marriage, that they can still practice forgiveness mm-hmm. Um, but it also takes a huge amount of courage to stay in a relationship and a huge amount of courage to leave one. And um, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with not wanting to practice forgiveness, but mm-hmm. also has something, a huge amount to do with, um, you know, choosing what boundaries are healthy for you and uh, and keeping those and paying attention to those. But mm-hmm. I think if you're able to practice forgiveness, if you stay or if you leave, right. it's a oh. Yes, I want to actually 
add to my remark I just made. I'm not saying that because he went and confessed mm-hmm. or told her because he wanted to tell her everything. I'm not saying that because she forgave him, her life was better mm-hmm. because she forgave him and stayed in the marriage. I'm not saying that if she had forgiven him but chose to leave, I completely support that mm-hmm. decision as well. Yes. So I thank you for saying that because, yes, that is a completely different decision. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness does not mean you have to then stay. Her decision to stay resulted in a beautiful life together yes, it did. for them. Yes, that, a wonderful one. That is was her right to make that decision. I totally yes. support a woman or a man forgiving the partner and then choosing not to stay in the relationship or to stay. I support both. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. You know, Secret Squad, we're going to stop right here for just a second and have our drink of the day. So today's drink of the day is coffee or tea. (laughs) So we started today kind of early at 11 a.m. And uh, so we're going to have, actually, we're both, we both chose tea first and then Catherine chose to have infused water. (laughs) And then I'm going to stick with tea, but I do want to have some optional additions. If you're having coffee, you can add a splash of Bailey's Irish cream and a cinnamon stick. Ooh. So Rose is bringing out our infused oh goodness, this is beautiful. Water. Isn't that pretty? So nice. So you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and Ooh. you can see a picture of our beautiful water so and you can... And your plastic straw. Yes, plastic straw. I mean, it's great. These reusable straws, everyone's very... Hip to a reusable straw. We just posted on our Instagram a few days ago the other ones we have made of latex, and they're really bright colors, and they're so easy to clean. I was actually out at lunch recently, and I saw a woman go into her purse when she got her iced tea at the lunch, and she opened up this case that had a retractable, (gasps) reusable straw, and I was like, that is good for you. That's (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, so we have our drinks. We have our water and our tea. And so we can get back to talking about your book. So tell everyone the name of the book. 
It's called The Gift of Forgiveness, and it comes out March 10th. I think this podcast will be airing the week after your book launches. So, So wow, they will be in the stores and on the shelves and online, and you can go and you can purchase Catherine's book that we're talking about right now. And lucky you. (laughs) I'm so excited. Thank you. Okay, so I have a few more questions. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your personal journey to embracing forgiveness? Because that's the first story in the book. Yes. And I think it's a great one. Yeah. So it was important to me to be able to share in the book why I was even writing a book yes, about this yes. topic. And I think, you know, for me, as I mentioned before, learning about forgiveness as a child, you, you know, you get in a fight with your friend on the playground, you guys go hug and make up, say, uh-huh. I'm sorry, and everything is okay again. Um, and I didn't really fully understand how much that changes over time and as you get older. And it wasn't until I was really in my 20s that I felt myself really struggling with forgiveness um, with a friend. And I felt that it was adding all this, you know, anger. And I was walking around feeling anxious and nervous. And I didn't like that every time that I would run into the person that I would, you know, have anxiety about that. And so I really became interested in how to practice forgiveness. And so when I went to, I would go to church, I would go, you know, try to figure it out, ask other people about mm-hmm. their forgiveness mm-hmm. journeys. I would say, are there books on it? What yeah, can I find? It's a great idea. And majority of the books that I found were very faith-based focused and they helped me, but I found that the most helpful uh, for me personally was listening to other people's Mm -hmm. journeys with forgiveness. And it was interesting because when I would talk to people, some strangers and other people that I had known for a very long time, I would talk to people and I would say, I'm really interested in forgiveness. Or when I was working on this book, I would say, I'm writing a book on forgiveness. And most people, when you say you're writing a book on forgiveness, pause, and you can kind of see in their eyes that their their brain starts ticking and, and looking back and they go to a moment in their lives or a person or a situation where they have struggled with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that was fascinating to me because there were people that, you know, I remember being at my mom's house and talking to um, someone that I've known for a very long time about the book that I was working on and, um, and she burst into tears. And oh. I had known her for years and she talked to me about, you know, feeling really devastated and unable to practice forgiveness in a previous relationship that she had had. And I didn't know anything about it. And so I think it just, it shows you how you never really know what people are going through at the end of the day. So if we can be treating each other with kindness and empathy, that's the best. But it's interesting to see people's reaction and responses to this book because, you know, you might think like you did of your sister in mm-hmm. high school teaching you about forgiveness, which is a beautiful moment. And then you might, you know, other people, I've talked to a lot of men who will, you know, start thinking about um, a friend or a business deal that they've been wronged in or a relationship mm-hmm. that they've been wronged in and, and women too. And it's just interesting because we all are touched by forgiveness uh-huh. and, you know, a lot of us are struggling with it. So I chose to write it because I was struggling with it in my life. And I found um, at the end of the day that it was really helpful for me to listen to other people's journeys. And 
when I decided to write the book, I thought, okay, I've been able to practice forgiveness. I think I'm good. And then um, lo and behold, God has a funny way of working and uh, also testing you. So throughout my journey writing this book, I felt many times tested. And uh, and I would just say, okay, I hear you, I get it, uh-huh. and uh, and I would it would show me that I had more work to do on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And through the process of writing this book, I'm thrilled to be able to say that I've been able to practice forgiveness in my life. Oh. Um, and I think I you know I wrote this book for a very specific reason, and and that is to help others and let them know that they're not alone, and also to inspire uh, people to practice forgiveness in their lives. I love that. And you and your girlfriend. Yes. What what's the status? We're friends. <gasps> we are able to be, you know, totally good with one another. I think that's when I really realized and whether it was with um one of my friends or with, you know, a relationship or with anybody in in my life, the moment that I'm able to be around the person and not have those anxious, mm-hmm. nervous mm-hmm. feelings, that's when I know I've really done the work. Uh-huh. In your opinion, How is asking for forgiveness different from apologizing? That's actually really interesting because I have a um, a section in the book of a woman I interviewed named Cora Jakes Coleman. Yes. And uh, and she actually talks about how she had a falling out with uh, one of her best girlfriends and she talks about the um, how devastating it was to her to lose this relationship with one of her best friends and a friend that she thought would be there for the rest of her life and how heartbreaking it was and, and, and traumatizing it was for her. And she talks about teaching her children now, she has two kids, teaching her children about forgiveness and making sure that they know the difference between I'm sorry uh-huh. and I apologize. Mm-hmm. And she talks about even at a very young age that kids are always saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really teach them anything because it's not holding them accountable for their actions and their behavior and being aware of, okay, I did something wrong. I take responsibility for it and I want to do something moving forward. And so she has her kids say, I apologize mm-hmm. and how much of an impact that has made in her children's lives and also just in their home. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to me because I never thought of that and you know how often so much of us say, oh, sorry, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so true. <laughs> Comes out constantly. That's so true. And you know, it, it reminds me too that when I was raising our two boys, mm-hmm. um, I taught them very early on that if they said, I'm sorry, I also would say, apologize. But I allowed them to say, I'm sorry. But they had to say, they had to always say, for example, if Jay was telling Jordan or Jordan telling Jay, but also with friends and anyone, I'm so sorry, Jordan, that I hurt your feelings when I said, and I'm sorry that I did this and it did it made you feel this way. Mm-hmm. So they were never allowed to just say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They had to really, first of all, make sure anyone they were saying it to truly believed them. Mm-hmm. And secondly, said exactly what they were apologizing for. Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Like, no, 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 that's not really yeah. an I'm sorry yeah. or an apology. You have to mean it by finishing that sentence. Mm-hmm. Well, it also makes you, it holds you accountable in a different way than saying, I'm sorry. It's, you know, saying I'm aware of what I did. This is my action and I plan on changing that moving forward. It's different. I can remember taking Jay to a movie. We went somewhere We for the afternoon. Jordan wasn't born yet, but I took Jay to 
a movie and he wanted to stop in an arcade. It was in the mall and he wanted to stop and play a few games in an arcade. And I said, okay. And so we'd go in there and then I checked my watch and I said, oh, Jay, we, we have to leave. It's time for you to get to baseball practice, softball practice, whatever it was he was playing. And he got so upset. He was like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I said, oh, no, no, you have to go. It's a commitment, blah, 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 blah. And so he was just kind of... I will say this first, but right now. Jay was like the perfect child. So <laughs> the only reason I said something to Philip was because it was just so odd for Jay to be like, I'm so mad all the way to the car. I don't want to go. I want to keep playing. And it's like, wow, he's acting like a normal child. What is this? He was always five going on 15 and six <laughs> going on 16 or 20. So anyway, we get home that night and he's in watching TV, and I was telling Philip, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what Jay did today. I was actually saying it because I was kind of like proud of him. <laughs> I said, he gave me some sass. He just didn't like having to leave this arcade to go to baseball practice. And But we did, but he was just like, mom, you're no fun. <laughs> A little bit later then, it's time for him to go to bed, and he comes in to tell me good night. I had told him to go get dressed for bed or whatever. He comes in, and he goes, mom, uh, I want to apologize for the way I acted <laughs> at wow. the mall today and in the car. I'm so sorry. You did not deserve that. And you're a sweet mom. And now, do you believe me? <laughs> I said, yes, I believe you. Okay, so will you tell dad that <laughs> you really did believe me? I said, well, sure. And he said, okay, Hugs me good eye. He goes off to bed, and I would go in. I said, "What was that all about?" He said, "Well, I just told him that he needed to come and apologize to my wife because no one talks to my wife that way." Oh wow! And when he finished, she better believe you. <laughs> That's like, so sweet. I thought that was so sweet. That was so sweet. So, so did you believe me? <laughs> I, said, I yes. love that. That's I amazing. I thought it was very sweet of Philip and then little Jay standing there. Did you believe me? That's so cute. But that. that just goes to show that it's when you do apologize, make yeah. sure they believe it. Yeah. So now we have come to a place in the podcast that is also constant in every podcast, and that is our game of the day. Ooh. So we always try to think of a game that is perfect for our topic. So I decided to go through, I told you about all my quotes and yes. my sayings and mm -hmm. such, and I have a lot. Okay, so <laughs> I picked some of my favorites that I think lend towards Forgiveness. Okay. Land towards. And so I'm going to read them and you can comment on them or not. Okay. But I think, I think you're going to love them. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so it's, it's a game slash just a fun time between us. So you tell me what you think about them. Okay. <laughs> I will. Okay. The first one is the minute you realize your worth, you shift your energy to attract the people who respect your worth. It starts with you first. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of my mom. My mom always used to speak to, and still does, talk to my sister and I about knowing your worth. Mm. And she talked to us about that from a very early age that. And, uh, and continues to talk to us about it as we've gotten older. And I think it's really amazing to have a mother who speaks about that, especially mm -hmm. as young women. I agree. Yeah. I didn't raise that. a daughter, but I love hearing that. And yeah. I, I, 
I thought that it did lend towards forgiveness because when you realize your worth forgiving someone, so your life is worth being free of anger and such, mm-hmm. you shift your energy to attract the people who respect your worth. And yes. God bless your mother. <laughs> okay, so the next one is forgive, yes, but do not invite toxic people back into your life. Yes, I think that speaks hugely about um, having boundaries, and yes. that's a big theme that we talk about in the book and also just in my conversations that I've had about this book is if you forgive someone and you choose to not have them in your life the same way they once were, does that mean that you actually haven't forgiven them? Or does that mean that you have resentment towards them? And for me, I've done something very similar, which is you can forgive someone, but then you can implement boundaries and still have them around maybe Mm -hmm. or not, whatever you want. But to have boundaries in your life where you know, you know, exactly what you deserve, Mm -hmm. knowing your worth, Mm -hmm. knowing how you want to be treated Uh and putting in boundaries uh, to, to help that. I love that. Forgiveness does not mean that everything you did is okay Mm -hmm. and we can start over. Yes. Yes. I love that. Okay. Never regret being a good person to the wrong people. Your kindness says everything about you. Their behavior says everything about them. Yes. I love that too. It's all about how you choose to act, which is why I think that lends itself to forgiveness too, because it's about, you know, you giving yourself that gift and you taking your power back. Thank you. I did too. I did too. (laughs) Okay. What's left unsaid says it all. (laughs) Oh, isn't that true? Yes. You go through life with that forgiveness unsaid Mm -hmm. says it all. Exactly. Okay. Sometimes our biggest blessings are wrapped up in a goodbye. Mm -hmm. That's just a lot of how people, you know, choose to practice forgiveness. And boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes. Boundaries. I love love that you said that about (laughs) boundaries. Okay. When you ask God to show you, you got to be ready to see. Yeah. It's a powerful one because some people ask and they're not ready. They're not ready. You're right. You're right. Got to be ready when you're asking. Baby steps. Yeah. But praying to God is so important. Yes, it is. Do not ignore your intuition when it tells you something you don't want to hear. Yeah. That also reminds me of my mom because she always used to, when I was little, she would teach me about listening to your gut. Oh, oh, I love <laughs> your mother. Like, I don't know what that means. What does it mean? And it, she'd say, like, I'd go to her and ask a question and she'd say, listen to your gut. Listen to your gut true. on that, Catherine. And she will still say it's me. Even I've gotten better at listening to my gut and identifying what it is. But as you get older, you know, sometimes your gut will tell you something that you might not want to hear and you push it away. And then I'll go to my mom and I'll ask her and she'll say, just listen to your gut on that, Catherine. Oh, I love it. It's so true though. <laughs> it is. You know, it's just so true. It is. Okay. I'm not mad. I'm hurt. There's a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. Huge difference. I think mad is such an easy thing to for people to say, I'm I'm mad, or for kids to say, I'm mad. But when you hear someone say you're, they're hurt, that takes it to a whole other level. Takes it to a whole other level. Yes. yes. Okay. Don't be mean to me because I will remember it for exactly forever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one because when I say that to Philip, he goes, oh, no. 
<laughs> Men oh, no. get so scared. Yeah. Don't be mean to me because I'll remember, remember it. for exactly forever. <laughs> I love that. But like that's the opposite of forgiveness. Yeah. But I always say that, and they go, "I'm just kidding. I forgive you." <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, you cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you cannot continue to be sick unless you forgive and get healthy. Yeah. That's kind of the way I see it. Mm-hmm. He who angers you conquers you. Yeah. Taking your power back. Take your power back. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> your greatest test will be how you handle people who mishandled you. Mm-hmm. Again, taking your power. Yes. I love that one. Be honest with people about who you are, what you want, and how you expect to be treated. Standards only scare off people not meant for you. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks to boundaries as well. I do too. And strength. Yeah. I love a strong woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knowing your worth. Knowing your worth. <gasps> okay. And the last one, there's nothing happier than a wet dog. <laughs> I had to throw that one in there because so I know you love dogs. I do love dogs. My little maverick. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Do. You wrote a book about maverick. Yes, but, I did. But it's so true when you think about it. Yeah. We lost our dog just about two years ago. And we're just now getting to the point where we can even think about getting another one. Mm-hmm. She was like I a know. child to us. We just loved Maggie so much. And it was just so sad when we lost her. But when she would get her bath upstairs, we had a bathroom in our gym and she'd get that bath and come running down the stairs yeah. and find us wherever we were and just circle the room so fast because she was so happy. Yeah, She was wet. We loved the it. Best. So sweet. Yeah, that's a happy dog. Yes, it is. (laughs) Love that. So we've come to the end of this podcast, and I'm so sad about it because this has been so moving and so beautiful and so much fun. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. So much fun. I love it. I loved it too. You're so (laughs) welcome. Thank you. I encourage all of you to pick up a copy of Catherine's new book, The Gift of Forgiveness. And Catherine, can you tell our listeners how to find it? Yes, well, you'll be able to find it in all bookstores. You can find it on barnesandnoble.com, on Amazon, online for everybody who wants to buy online. Um, but also supporting local and independent bookstores is super awesome. So I encourage people to do that. And then also I'm going on a book tour. So oh. you can look at our social, my social media for that and uh, hopefully meet some of you along the way. Can you give them your social media handle? Yes, it's Katherine Schwarzenegger. (laughs) It's a full mouthful and has many letters, but you'll find all of the info there. (laughs) Worth it, worth it. And that's the same for Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Katherine Schwarzenegger. Twitter is K Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. And then my website is KatherineSchwarzenegger.com. Perfect. So go everywhere, look it up, find out where she'll be for her book signings, and then order online or go to the bookstores. I just... I'm so excited for you and for all of Thank the listeners. You. It's gonna, it's a fun, fun thing to launch a new book that you know is going to help change someone's life. I hope so. And listeners, trust me, you will devour this entire book after reading just one page. So thank you for being here with us, Catherine. I hope you'll come back. Thank you. I'd love to. (laughs) Secret Squad, head over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com to submit your secrets and learn more about this episode. I leave you today with one final quote from my guest. When we learn to embrace forgiveness, it opens us up to healing, hope 
and a new world of possibility. I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.